Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. For those who don't know me, my name is Anthony Brookhart, a pastor and intern here at St. Paul United Church of Christ, here in my childhood home of Wapakoneta. First off today, whether you are here in person or whether you are joining us online, whether you have worshipped here with us for a while or whether you are just passing through, I want to make sure that you know that no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, that you are welcome here. This is important for me to share because it was that message of welcome that brought me here. It was that message of welcome that brought me back to my faith. It was that message that brought me to a denomination where for the first time I knew I could be 100% my authentic self. It was that message that brought me back to the communion table of Jesus Christ. Brought me back to a loving fellowship with the saints of God. And brought me back to my life's call to ministry. So today, beloved saints of St. Saint Paul Wapak, I wanted to make sure that I share my heart's overflowing gratitude for you. As I am humbled by your continued support and how you walk with me, as I continue down the road to ministry within the United Church of Christ. What an interesting week this has been. I've entitled this week's sermon, The Untitled Sermon. Catchy, right? I've titled it this week because after all my preparations for this week, God has led me down such an interesting journey into his word and into his creation and into his presence in our lives. That I've simply been rendered awe-inspiringly mind-blown. And that's a picture of my great Dane puppy, Maui, with what I'm calling his mind-blown face. It's all in the eyes. God took me on a journey from this already mind-blowing text, on a journey recalling my own mountaintop experiences, 
down a path of the many different ways in which we experience God, to a road of our covenant together as God's people, to be brave enough to be united and uniting, looking past all that divides us to that which binds us. God the Father, God in Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, and God's Spirit within us and encompassing us. Then on this journey, God even brought me to an article about quantum mechanics, something that I simply am flabbergasted not only to find myself reading, period, but to find that it, I would be so absorbed in reading as weekly preparation as a pastor. More on that in just a little bit. So today I encourage you to invite God's Spirit in and be mind-blown with me. Spirituality. I'm more spiritual than religious. We've all heard it before, right? And I'm sure for many of us, our minds go a certain place when we hear that. Especially in a day and time where we are concerned with what we see or don't see before us in church every Sunday. Less people in the, in the pews and a concern of where will the church be in 10 years? It's okay, we can admit it, many of us have had those thoughts. So as we dive in today, I want to take a moment to reclaim the word spirituality. Our spirituality is informed by our life experiences. Go ahead and switch to the next slide. In a wonderful video I found this week of our new general minister and president of the UCC, Reverend Karen Georgia Thompson, she helped put into words a reclaimed meaning of the word spirituality. She described it as the means by which we are connected to God, to spirit, to the universe, whatever name we call that higher power. This is more than the places where we choose to be present and worship in community. It's more than the texts and scriptures that inform us about the divine or perhaps about our lives. This is how you and I exercise intention in being present with God at work in the world. That essence to who we are. This is about our spirit connected with the spirit of the divine, which some of us also call the Holy Spirit. Our Christian faith is a way for us to nurture and sustain our spirituality and Christianity, like many other traditions, it points to prayer, meditation, studying the text, fasting, and connecting to community as ways to strengthen our, strengthen our faith and nurture our spirituality. She then shared a quote by Brene Brown. Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. 
Karen Georgia then continues. Go ahead and move to the next slide. A verse from Psalm 42, as deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Sometimes, like Job, we have to release what we think we know to step into the mystery of the unknown and experience the joys of meeting God in the stillness and well beyond what we have been taught, knowing God is more than intellect and spirituality, is well beyond what we have been taught. Our spirituality grows as we search for God, and God searches for us. Yet the more we know, the more we don't know. Because knowledge of God is probably the greatest paradox. Next slide. Oh, you're right there. Today, as we come to another biblical story of yet another mountaintop experience, I find it especially important to allow ourselves to step past a definition of spirituality that has a connotation of turning away from God to a definition that is, in fact, the most encompassing realization and experience of the still-speaking God. Scripture often connects the voice of God with visions of God. Where people hear God's voice, or when people hear God's voice, they see things. Doves, angels, clouds, fire, thrones, and chariots. Bushes burn but are not consumed. A whirlwind ensues. The heavens open. And sometimes simply the unexplainable things happen as they did in this gospel passage today. Scripture and Christian history are saturated with stories of people hearing God, godly voices and seeing godly visions. The Egyptian theologian Origen of Alexandria in the year 185 to 254, so that's a while ago, was the first to speak of the spiritual senses. The tradition of the spiritual senses teaches that while Scripture uses the vocabulary of sight, touch, apprehension, and hearing to describe encounters with God, these encounters are not always limited to the five senses. Rather, humans know and sense God spiritually, not just cognitively, but intuitively and mystically. The tradition of the spiritual senses advances into Protestantism. Despite Protestantism's sometimes extreme emphasis on plain reading of scriptures and on the word preached to the exclusion of word being visualized, the American Puritan preacher, our Congregationalist ancestor, Jonathan Edwards, also spoke about cultivating the spiritual senses. It is the legacy of modernity and an enlightenment that pared away our confidence in mystical and non-cognitive ways of knowing, arousing our suspicions about dreams and visions, and left us in a disenchanted world. The Christian spiritual tradition beginning with these second century theologians 
insists God is still speaking. And that our spiritual senses can be cultivated in prayer, silence, community, charity, and many more different ways. In the gospel reading, God God speaks from a cloud concerning Jesus. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. There is a voice in this story, and there's a vision. Peter, James, and John see the prophets Elijah and Moses appear to them. They see Jesus transfigured before them, his clothes no longer the normal, likely linen and definitely dusty clothes of Galilee, but dazzling white, such as no one could possibly clean or whiten them. This slide here. I've shared a few pictures that our friend, uh, thanks to our friend Bill Miller, of some of the landscapes, hills, and mountains of the Holy Lands. Though some say that Mount Tabor, this center picture, is the mountain where these events happen from our scripture today, we simply just don't know. But I share these pictures to help our imaginations when it comes to thinking about the scriptures from today's story. When it comes to our own modern-day mountaintop experiences, sometimes our biases get in the way of taking our own spiritual experiences seriously. Peter, James, and John are not the only ones to have had a spiritual mountaintop experience. Many people in our day and time have too, but they don't know how to talk about it, or sometimes it's just too hard to explain. In both Mark and Luke's account of the story, we read that Peter, when he experienced this, basically just started babbling about building tents, and he really didn't know what he was saying because he was so mind-blown at what he had just experienced. Sometimes we find ourselves too afraid to talk about these mountaintop experiences with God out of fear of how we might be perceived if we share them, and that's understandable. What I think God wants us to consider today, however, is to find the boldness to share with each other these experiences so that we might live and grow together as God's kingdom here on earth. And so we can then take these experiences from the mountaintop and bring them back down into the valley of human need. We all experience God in different ways. I find that I tend to use the vision of closeness when trying to explain the difficult to explain when it comes to experiences with our God. Others experience God as the realization of our smallness when it comes to the vastness of our existence, maybe when gazing into space or looking out on the ocean. Some have experienced God when it has come come to times of desperation or immense fear. And some experience God in the the mundane day-to-day and how we are able to just keep waking up each morning 
and do what we do in our sphere of influence. So I promised that I would get back to that quantum mechanics article. And what the heck that has to do with today. So first off, don't let me fool you. My head hurt after reading this article the first few times through. So I'm not going to start explaining quantum mechanics to you. But what I did get out of it was the fact that scientists much smarter than I have theorized and believe that they have unlocked consciousness. And they believe that consciousness not only connects us to each other, but connects us to nature and connects us to the entire universe. And that connection isn't just in mere existence, but it's a conscious connection at the subatomic level. Okay, so that's ridiculously broad, right? What the heck does that have to do with today, and why is the pastor trying to talk about something that isn't his field? Well, this begins to broaden our minds and hopefully break the barriers, barriers of our preconceived notions that science is out to disprove God, much like the same way that we might think the word spirituality is turning away from God. I see this article as science's way of realizing something that Christians have known for a long time, even if it's ridiculously hard to explain. How spirit connects us to each other, connects us to God, connects us to nature, connects us to our ancestors and the saints who have gone before us. How prayer can connect us in a real way beyond understanding, beyond distance, and beyond timing. Go ahead and change the slide. So I kindly ask you, please do not try to read too far into the reason why I share this. I am not now or will I ever be an amateur quantum physicist. I'm just sharing some very interesting things to help broaden our horizon in a very real ways. The mountaintop experiences of our lives are meant to turn us to a closer realization of God. Turn us to a closer understanding of who Jesus was and how we should listen to what his words were and be as he was in our day and time. Let us together step away from fear to allow God to broaden our horizons. May our faith communities become safe places for both members and seekers to explore. To explore the various ways that identity, that the identity of Jesus is being revealed to us today just as it was on that mountaintop with James, Peter, and John. We gather for worship today because of how, just like the deer who longs for flowing streams, our souls long for God, the living God. The more we are willing to broaden our horizons to open up and talk about our experiences of God, the more we share them with others, 
the easier it will be for us to be that beacon of light to the dark and hurting world around us. We can proclaim with great excitement, we have seen Jesus. We have seen the still speaking God. We have seen Yahweh. I was who I was, I am who I am, and I will be who I will be. Let us allow what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do to enrich our lives and the world around us. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844 971 1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.